0: movies tv blu-rays. blu-rays if somehow you're consuming it on the screen with your eyes then you'll hear it on scene and nerd here are the hosts of scene and nerd pacey pete and matt with a little help from casey franco
1: and third here too proudly brought to you by gww radio
0: welcome to scene and nerd uh i'm your host Pacy pete welcome back to the show alongside always is miss sarah belmont
1: are we recording yes we
0: are are you kidding me right now i said yes i'm (laughs) looking at the recording in front of me you know
1: just making sure okay because i'm feeling a bit deja vu right now (laughs) but i'm here glad to be here yep always glad we're recording
0: (laughs) oh man do i need to explain what's going on right now sarah or should we just go
1: no, they can read in between the lines. They
0: can read in between the lines. Yeah,
1: they can listen. Yeah. <laughs> Aha,
0: you're funny. Um, all right. So, uh, you know, TV is, not all TV is on hiatus, but the normal shows we do cover are. Uh, that doesn't mean we're not going to talk about any TV, because there is some stuff we are still interested interested in that's on. Uh, but before we get to that, we do have a guest today. Uh, coming to us, uh, Mr. Ori Inav. He is going to be talking to us about the Dragon Fruit app. Welcome to the show, Ori.
2: Hi, Pete and Sarah, for the first time ever.
0: For the first time ever, it is nice to meet you, Ori. (laughs) (laughs)
2: It's good to meet you.
0: Um, Now, uh, can you just real quickly tell us about the uh, Dragon Fruit app, please?
2: (laughs) With pleasure. (laughs) Um, All right, so uh, Dragon Fruit is a... Dating app for geeks. That is the very short version of it. I can sit here and talk to you for hours and hours about all the interesting tech that we put into it and all the cool stuff that we designed around it. But in a nutshell, dating app for geeks. um, And that's what we're working on.
0: That's really cool. Now, you know, there's so many different websites out there that do the whole dating site thing. Now, when you were talking to people about this, whether it be friends or family or anyone that that does do online dating, did they – immediately catch on to this idea or did they say it's just going to be another dating app
2: you'd be surprised actually i talk to people i tell them what i'm working on and they're like "Ooh, that's a really great idea um which is surprising to me because every time i think about it i'm like really wow that's what i'm doing now um it's kind of cool that i get to spend my time like watching tv shows and going to conventions and stuff like that for my job um it's 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 kind of awesome to be able to to be a professional nerd, um, but yeah, I think that uh, I think that there is definitely a pretty humongous gap in the market for this kind of thing. Um, dating apps in general, I think, uh, have kind of left the geek community behind in a way, which is weird because. Geeks are like the kings of the internet, or at least used to be. And now the way that everything is designed, it's like the same people who are good at dating in general are the ones who are most successful on dating apps, right? If you're super good looking, then hey, you know, swipe right on that. If you're if you're really good at talking to members of the opposite sex, then you know, if you if you have all of these natural sparkling you know pickup lines that always work every time, you can do that in a bar and you can do that on on a dating app and you'll have pretty much the same experience. Whereas the people who may be a little bit more shy, a little bit more socially awkward, a little bit, you know, more anxiety, stuff like that. um, Or in general, as we geeks have for so long and for, and so unfairly have been socialized to believe that we're like in some way less desirable. I don't know that whole thing make is is bull in my opinion but our kind of people tend to not do so well in that environment and i think that that's a really big part of what dragon fruit aims to solve it's um we're creating a community where everybody is on an even footing, and everybody knows that we're geeky in some way or another, and we're into something to perhaps a slightly unhealthy degree and, and that means that we can we can relate to one another on a on a level of interest, on a level of passion that may not uh, that, that may not be so easily understood in sort of the mainstream in general. Um, and I think the community that we have built. I'm really proud of it personally. I think that it's great.
0: You know it's interesting that um, you know with all the dating apps out there that there hasn't been something to uh, that speaks to the geek market, so to speak, especially with you know you have a show on that's so popular like the Big Bang Theory. you have the the rise of the comic book movies and even comic book TV shows uh, and, and, and just comic cons in general are just so huge now. It's surprising that there isn't something like this already. Did you find anything? I mean, I mean, I could be wrong. Was in, obviously, you have to do research and, and find out about other dating sites. But did you find anything that came close to something like this? Well, uh,
2: there are a few things out there. But none of them, in my opinion, are done particularly well they're pretty disappointing there are a couple of websites that are pretty scammy in my opinion i don't want to name names or anything i particularly don't want to be you know sending traffic in their direction but uh there are scams out there and there are websites where people think that they can just slap the word geek into the title and a horde of you know Desperate, lonely nerds will just come and beg to give them their money, and there's there's a lot of disrespect, I think, to the geek community out there in the world, um, and that's particularly evident in websites that claim to be geek dating sites. Uh, we aim to change that. We are geeks ourselves, everybody involved in the project, huge geeks. Um in terms of, you know, how geeky they are, not in terms of being, like, 600 pounds. Uh, and they, yeah, we, I I think that a really big part of it is respecting the community and understanding where people are coming from and what people are looking for, and we have designed everything about Dragonfruit to, um, to make things easier for people. So, for example, the cornerstone of our technology, is that we match people um, based on their interests first, and obviously we apply filters like age filters and distance and gender and stuff like that. But the most important part of our matching algorithm is in the uh, is in what we call geekdoms, which is I just air quoted at my microphone, which was weird. <laughs> That's
0: okay. Um, you know, it happens a lot with a lot of people that do come on the show. So you're not the first. Don't worry. It's all yeah,
2: cool. I'm just like looking at it like it's a person. Um, nice hair. And the, yeah, so, so we have our geekdoms and that's uh, the most important part of the program is the geekdoms. You put in whatever it is that you're into. We have this huge database that we've compiled of everything that anybody can be into. And I mean that seriously. It's humongous. We're talking tens of thousands of entries. And it's not just at a level of like, oh, I'm into comic books. It's what kind of comic books you're into, what company of comic books you're into, because obviously DC and Marvel are very different. It's which particular characters you're into, which superhero franchises, which um, genres you're into. Do you like the dark and gritty stuff? Do you like the lighthearted and fun stuff? Are you into, you know, whatever. And based on all of that, uh, we find people who have defined not only the exact same stuff that you have defined as your geekdom, but also the people who have defined their geekdom as something that is substantially similar. Um, it's kind of like uh, if you go on Netflix and it knows that you have watched A, B, and C and suggests for you D based on the characteristics of what those things were... Um, And that means that you can just tell it what you're into and it'll find people and you will immediately have a point of connection with those people. You can start a conversation super easily when you just say, oh, you're into the Marvel movies. How about the new trailer for Civil War? Let's talk about that. And it might not be terribly substantial like – it's, it's not the deepest level of conversation, but when you're starting out talking to somebody, I think you need a little bit of lightheartedness and you can talk about the really cool stuff that you're into and you can display your passion and you can have something in common. You don't need to worry about all of those terrible pickup lines and you don't need to worry about, you know, coming off as cool. You just talk about what you love. And I mean, we're geeks, right? We just love to talk about <laughs> this stuff, hence the podcast. Um And it makes everything so much easier to make those connections and start something that, you know, hopefully turns into something a little bit more substantial, you know, whatever you want. It's just a great starting point to meeting people and starting relationships.
0: That's very cool. I I think it's, you know, this is something that I can see a lot of people uh, catching on to because of the simple fact that, um you know it, it it addresses a lot of people's specific interests and i think that's really cool now you um have how long has the site been online
2: we have been up and running since uh october we actually launched the weekend of new york comic-con because we're based in new york and we thought that would be fun um it's a good idea <laughs> <laughs> yeah but uh right now is actually a really exciting time at Dragonfruit HQ because we are just a few days away from launching our uh, iOS and Android apps. And that was always the big, you know, the big thing that we were aiming for is to be mobile and to have the apps in the store and everything. So um, that's really exciting for me personally. Uh, so anybody out there in podcast land, check us out in just a few days. You'll be able to find us on the store and stuff. Um, and, uh, we've been working really hard on that. So that's, um, something you should definitely check out.
0: Well, that's awesome. I, I really hope it works out. And, and, and because this, like I said, this is a really cool idea that I'm surprised nobody has really, um, uh, addressed like in the way you guys are, which is why I think that it can be very successful. Um, now, you said you've been online since basically New York Comic Con. What's been what's been the response so far to this dating site?
2: It's been really good, actually. Yeah, um, almost without even trying, we've been getting users and growing our user base whew, like crazy. To be honest, it's been it's been very successful so far, and that's without even we haven't spent a penny on advertising. Um, we. And 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 so far, it's been a very. Uh, it has it has surprised me. I'll tell you that. And whenever I tell anybody about that, they're like, "I know at least five people who should be on your side right now." <laughs> and um, of course, uh, word of mouth is a very important uh, part of um, marketing a uh, social product like ours. And people have just been talking and. Uh, creating a little bit of buzz around it and i think that uh that has been working really well for us so far another thing we've been doing is we have been writing our blog and being on social media a lot and just trying to be generally helpful and interesting to the community uh one of the things that i'm really uh dedicated to uh so much so that i've probably mentioned the word like six or seven times already is community and i want To be able to gain the trust of the geek community, which is naturally fairly skeptical. And it's one of the things that I love about geeks is the unwillingness to accept something just because someone says it is that way so uh something that we've been doing we've been putting together the blog uh we've been publishing articles that are generally helpful in all kinds of ways we have an advice column we've been uh you know trying to we've been finding artists and cosplayers and stuff like that that we really like and sharing their work and finding um there's a a very good friend of mine who publishes a column on our blog about uh, getting into cosplay and how you can get started and stuff like that and just stuff that people will enjoy reading and I think that that goes a long way first to convince people that we're legit and we're not just trying to grab their money and um, and and be it kind of it, it makes people feel comfortable and it brings them in and they know that they're in. A safe space and stuff like that. And while I'm at it, by the way, I have forgotten to mention up till this point, is that Dragonfruit is free. Um, so even if we wanted to take your money, we couldn't, because <laughs> we haven't built in a payment system yet. Uh, might get around to that one day when we build premium features, uh, which will come. And the idea behind the premium stuff is that it'll be genuinely helpful, just like the blog, just like our social media and stuff like that. Um, we always aim to make it genuinely helpful for people. So... Uh, We're working on all kinds of cool things that one day when we do start charging for various features, it'll never be for the core of it. You can go in, you can message people, find, do searches, get matches, do everything you would expect from any other dating app or dating website in the world. That is absolutely free and will always be. Um, The stuff that we may ask for a little bit will be cool enough that anybody looking at it will be like, hell yeah, I'll pay for that. That's awesome. <laughs> um, that's the idea.
0: No, that's very cool. Now, I, I wanted to ask you, you said you rolled this out uh, around the time of New York Comic Con. Do mm-hmm. you guys plan to go to other cons to display your uh, your app?
2: Yeah, absolutely. As many as possible. Um, we will be, let's see, we'll be running a panel in, at PAX East in a couple of weeks' time in Boston. Uh, I will have a booth, At AwesomeCon in DC, and I just realized that you guys are on the West Coast, so none of this says anything to you. (laughs)
0: That's okay. Um, Some of our listeners are on the on the East Coast. (laughs) I'm not on the West Coast. Aren't you? Where are you, Sam? I'm
1: I'm in Alaska. So I guess I kind of am. I don't know. She's in an island far, far away. (laughs) Yeah. Actually, that is true. (laughs) I am on an island in Alaska
2: absolutely nothing to say about
0: Alaska <laughs> we, we like to think of her Ori as the forgotten character from lost basically
1: <laughs> oh really <laughs> what about this perception
0: <laughs> um oh that was I, I you know what it was coming I had to take that shot Sarah. I pa- I'm sorry that just it just it rolled up right there I had to take it
1: don't worry I'm just gonna put you on mute right now <laughs>
0: Uh, Now, Ori, is this available in all countries, or uh, is this, I mean, is it for pretty much everybody?
2: Yeah, as soon as the app is out, it will be available in all countries, because uh, we're using a GPS system instead of a uh, zip code or postal code input system. Uh, On the website right now, you need to put in either a zip code or a postal code, so it works in the US, in the UK, in Canada, and in Australia. Um but we will phase that out within the next couple of weeks so that you won't need to do that anymore and it will work anywhere and everywhere.
0: That's awesome. And, and Ori, just let our listeners know where they can go online to find your site.
2: Uh sure. We are at dragonfruitapp.com. Uh and we are also at Twitter um at Proj Dragonfruit, like Project P R O J Dragonfruit. Um, on Facebook, Project Dragonfruit, um, Tumblr, Pinterest, I don't know, Instagram. We're everywhere. We're, we're trying to reach out to as many people as possible. Um, so follow us on, uh, on all of our social media and, um, you know, you, we'll, we'll post a blog on there and we'll let people know about news about the app and stuff like that. And when it's available and events that we're doing and things like that, it is definitely worth, um, following us. We're also... I like to think we're fairly funny. Um, We'll always have comments on whatever it is that's going on. Um, But more importantly is in just a little bit, go find us in the app store on your Apple devices, find us in the Google play store on your Android devices and test out the app. We really need people to, um, to sign up of course, and to, Give it a shot. Give it a whirl. Try it out. um, And let us know what you think. Because, uh, again, harking back to the whole community thing, we can't build stuff that the community will like without knowing what it is that the community wants and likes. So if you give us feedback, if you tell us ideas, if you're like, hey, you know what would be cool if you could do this? um, I'm the guy who can make it happen. Uh, I just need to know about it. And if there's something wrong or if there's something that could be better or just, you know, if you want to hit me up and say how wonderful I am and how (laughs) handsome and sexy, uh, you're definitely welcome to do that. Of course. Um, so I would, I would, um, encourage people to try it out and let us know.
0: That's awesome. Um, and, and, you know, like I said, this is a really cool idea. I, I, I really hope it, it does well for you guys, because like I said, I mean this is something that really hasn't been done yet, as far as like you know being very specific for dating apps. So, so hey guys, you know go check it out. Remember he said it's free, and you know free's good for everybody. So, <laughs> um yeah, go ahead and check that out. And Ori's gonna stick around with us uh, to talk some geeky stuff right now. So, um this should be a lot of fun. <clears throat> but thank you for telling us all about that Ori, because uh, you know we we're we're Very happy to help get the word out about your your uh, your company.
2: Well, it's my pleasure, and thank you very much for you know letting letting me come on and talk about it.
0: So we're gonna move on to uh, television now, and like I said, there's not you know there's television on, but not what we usually cover here. But we're gonna talk a little uh, uh, Game of Thrones right now because you know just recently (laughs) we had the the trailer drop. Uh, if you haven't seen it, go you know pause the podcast right now and go watch it and then come back. Uh, it's it was really cool. Uh, revealed quite a bit, but obviously not enough because there's so much more we're gonna get uh, when the season drops. Ori, um, are you a big fan of Game of Thrones?
2: I am a big fan of Game of Thrones. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm but... I'm one of the guys who read the books,
0: oh okay. cover to cover no. and
2: stuff like that. So. I'm following along, and every time I'm watching it with my friends and stuff, I'm like, "Hey, that that, that was different. What what are they doing here? I'm not sure." And they're like, "Shut up!
1: This <laughs> so is annoying." How do you feel about this season? Because this is going to be the first season that there's no book, like there's no book associated to it necessarily.
2: Honestly, I love the fact that I'm going in blind. Uh, yeah. The first couple of seasons I watched without having read it and then I went back and I read all the books and then I started watching and I was ahead so I knew what to expect and right. they still managed to surprise me a lot. Yeah. Um, but I am generally, you know, anti-spoilers so when I'm going in... I like to be surprised and I like to discover it as it's happening. So I'm very excited to find out what's going on. And especially with Game of Thrones, I mean, this is a show where there are so many fan theories and everybody's mm-hmm. talking about what's going to be and how is it going to work and who, do we, who are we rooting for and how are they going to die horribly. And I, I mean, there's just so much potential and I just can't wait to find out how how, how all of this is going to shake out.
1: So, if you're anti-spoiler, have you watched the latest trailer?
2: I haven't watched the trailer.
1: Okay. Are we even but allowed that's okay. to talk? That's okay. No, no, yeah, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Because Pete knows me, and I'm all about the spoilers. Well, you know, <laughs> I mean everything. Over on our
0: site, the dot com, Sarah did write, did have a write up of the Game of Thrones uh, trailer. Now, without you know, saying too much, you know. Ah, go what... ahead. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> what what can you uh, what would you how would you best sum up the trailer here and even what you you know shared on, on your article
1: uh <laughs> you know, no i'm sorry it's it's been like two weeks since i wrote that and a lot has happened in my life but um so to best sum up that trailer is like to sing a song but i'm not gonna <laughs> sing um it's what a wicked game we play like they Mm -hmm. they in the trailer they used a cover of wicked game that was brilliant and i adore it because of that and they it just that trailer just summarizes the show the show is so successful partly because it walks that fine line between hope and hopeless so all these characters have power at certain points in the series and they also lose it at certain points. So it's a never-ending game that they're playing and it's both hopeful and it's hopeless. And that's kind of what life is because you, you, um, you win some and you lose some, so to speak, and it's just a natural progression and evolution. So I, And I think that this trailer sums that perfectly up just through the use of what they showed us and where these characters are. There's this brilliant shot of Daenerys as she's entering the Dorthraki capital. And she's so small compared to this, um, to where she's going. And she just is like an ant, and it's a brilliant shot. And and I'm ve- I'm ve- I'm being very bad at articulating right now. So Pete, back to you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you, know, I, you know, I wanted to. Uh, I just wanted to say, you know, the great thing about this show is that you know George R. R. Martin doesn't screw around with deaths. When somebody dies, they die.
1: Uh, uh, well, okay, nah. uh, we're heading into the sixth season, and we're nah. about to not necessarily have that. Be the case anymore. So okay,
0: up to this point,
1: <laughs> uh, and we got oh. we got like the zombie mountain walking around these days. Well, yeah, uh, what, what I mean,
0: name, um... I guess like what I mean is on the show when there's been a death, they don't mess around with it. Like if there's someone's gonna die, they die. <laughs> Don Darian, that was his name, Beric Dondarrion.
2: uh Let me think. Season season two when Arya is running around in the yeah. forest. And there's the guy with the eye patch who keeps getting stabbed and just stands up oh, again. He's like, "Oh, I've right. died like nine times." I remember him. Well, I mean, so we don't even need to go into the sixth season to, to, to come up with an example of where people sometimes don't stay dead.
0: Well, yeah. I mean, I guess what I'm what I'm talking about more is like you know with um, with uh, Ned Stark or uh, or just the Stark yeah, when, family in general.
2: When you lop someone's head off, it's kind of yeah, hard to come back.
1: I mean, you know. Yeah. Uh, I mean, if if you're a stark you tend to stay dead.
0: Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean there's like some, <laughs> some core characters have been killed off and like they've stayed dead. I mean, obviously, we're going to find out the we're going to find out what's going to happen with jo- with Jon Snow uh coming into si- the season, the 6th season, but I guess I like how they, you know, at least characters like that they stay dead and they don't they don't come back in that in that sense. Yes, Um that's what I was alluding to just because um I'm still mad at the walking dead but i'll get into that later. Uh, um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh
2: i see what you mean you I, <laughs> you mean they don't they don't pretend to kill people just to bring them back like three episodes later and be like surprise right.
0: yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. that's so that, that's that's what i mean they don't mess with our emotions in that way if, if, if den stark was gonna die he died there was no someone swinging in to save his the day you know it was just that's just how it went there's got to um, be a
2: damn mystical reason for somebody to not be dead.
0: Exactly, exactly. And I think that's one of the things I love about the show. Um, one of the things I'm really looking forward to uh, seeing is is the transformation of the mountain and how, you know, he was really injured by... Um, uh, well, Oberon Martel. Thank you. Um, you know, two seasons ago, but we haven't really seen much except for the fact that, you know, he's been lying on a table... Uh, and they've been trying to get him to, to be healed. Um, are you guys interested at all in how his part is going to be coming to the season? Cause, um, I know or you didn't see the trailer, but there is a shot of him in armor. Um, now whether he's getting ready to fight or not is anyone's guess. Um, Sarah, what do you think of his role, uh, as, um... I'm forgetting names. Are you going to
1: let Ori answer your question first?
0: Well, okay, Ori, what, is, what do you think of the possibility of the mountain coming back and having um, a bigger pre- a big presence on the show, just even if he's not talking?
2: Um, I don't think the mountain was ever important because of what he said.
0: <laughs> That's true. I,
2: <laughs> I, I think it's going to be very important, actually, because, um, yes, it is the kind of the cliffhanger that we left a certain part of the story in the last season, but it's also a cliffhanger that we left... Uh, at the end of the last book and yeah, I'm going to nerd out on the books right now um, the the role of the mountain is to be the strong arm of Cersei and she has a lot of rage right now which means that she is going to be looking to kill a lot of people um, I think that with an invincible mountain acting as Cersei's enforcer um, that is going to really change the power dynamics in King's Landing. And she might even go a little bit crazy and try to just straight up kill Marjorie or something like that. Um, I think it's important. He is a tool that Cersei didn't have before, particularly since she always relied on Jamie for that. And Jamie's just, you know, run away for a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's in Dawn right now, actually. Yeah. Um, so she hasn't had a sword to wield to and and it's all been about the the psychological machinations of trying to manipulate everybody in the capital and trying to win favor with the people which she's terrible at and try to you know uh, make political appointments like the sparrow which she's terrible at and like Doing all of these things to try to seize power back away from Marjorie, which she has been terrible at, and this is the first time we've seen her in this context with the potential to just use straight up violence. And I think that that is going to be, hopefully, hey, hopefully, a pretty big part of the next season.
0: Yeah, it'll be interesting. I'm, I'm excited. I, even though he, he killed Oberon, I'm, I'm very interested to see where they go with his character. Um, especially at the side of Cersei. Um, s- uh, Sarah, what do you think of? Uh, what do you plan to s- or hope to see with with Arya's character and and how? Um, you know she's blind. Exact- What's that? Blind. Well, yeah, but I mean, what do you what do you what are you hoping that they do with her character? I mean, do you do you expect to see some growth? Um, you know, are you you know, is she going to stay where she's at? like permanently, or is she going to get away from where she is? Is, is there going to be anything beyond where she is right now?
1: Did I lose well, No, no, you didn't. Um, don't really know how to answer your question. Hey, no. <laughs> um, we're going to see her as blind. That's all I know. Yeah. Anyways. <laughs> I don't know what you want me to say. Where, what, what city was she last in? I forget.
0: Uh, bravos bravos that's right okay so
1: she's still in bravos i'm dying right
0: where she found um jagged Haga and and she was yeah 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 yeah
1: Yeah, i remember that i forgot where the actual city name was that she was in bravos and then there is a shot in the trailer but she looks like she's out in the woods she actually looked like she was near winterfell but she was blind and I don't know how the blind thing is going to work in this story or anything. Honestly, out of all the characters, Arya's like one of the characters who I love Arya and everything. Don't get me wrong. But at the same time, I have no idea where her character is going. I have no idea whatsoever.
0: Well, yeah, because it seems yeah. like one minute she's training, uh, you know, and, and almost like she's going to be the one that has to, uh, uh, you know, seek revenge for the Stark family. And then, you know, she's having her own thing. Um. Uh. And and trying to become somebody else, and and you know, just on a completely different path.
1: Well, she's trying to become no one, because that was so. Well, that's what I mean. Yeah. Like revenge is such a fleeting human emotion, where we always want to have our vengeance, but what we once we get it, do we really get anything in return? So to truly, it. Be, and so that's what um that one guy whose name you mentions. Jagan Haga. Yeah, he was trying to teach her how to be no one, so that she could truly be in the world without having those kind of human emotions to preventing her from achieving her goal. I guess. Yeah,
2: Yeah, we would. Do we really think that that's her motivate? Like, I don't think she is buying into that religion. I don't. I think that she's faking it.
1: Oh yeah. In
2: order like, to like she's just she's just trying to gain the skills. She is motivated by revenge. Right. So she'll do what she has to do, she'll say what she has to say, she'll temporarily believe what she has to believe, in order to become like one of the um what are they called? The Faceless Brotherhood or whatever, um, the most efficient assassins, and then she's going to wreak her terrible revenge on everybody. She still has her list she goes to sleep reciting her list mm-hmm. that's i don't think that's going away the fact that they blinded her is hopefully going to be temporary but even if it isn't she still has the potential to be a badass and um and and i don't i don't think that she really is trying to lose her identity uh she's just doing what she has to do which is what she's always done
0: right now Ori, if you were to hope for one thing out of this season like something that you want to see happen, what would you what would be your best guess? Oh la la.
2: Oh, let me think about that for a second.
0: <laughs> Sarah, you start thinking about that too, you're next.
2: Alright. I wanna see Tyrion riding a dragon. <laughs> I don't care what the context is, I just want to see <laughs> Tyrion
0: riding a dragon. That would actually be really cool. Yep. <laughs> that would be cool. Uh Sarah.
1: Uh, I hate when you do this, Pete. I hate it so much.
0: Okay, well, then... Oh, okay, while well, you're thinking... Yeah, I'll what go. do you
1: want to see, Pete? Um, I want to see some Name, redemption. Name, like, five things.
0: No. <laughs> I'm not going to do five things. Um, but I will say one thing, and that that is I'd like to see some redemption for Sansa. I'd like to see her character... Um, I'd Does like she need redeeming? What's that?
1: Does she need redeeming?
0: Well, not redeeming in the sense where she's... You know, she's done something wrong just in the sense that, okay, let me let me just put it a different way. I want to see her character, um, just something good happen to her because it feels like ever since season one when she was trapped by, you know, King Joffrey, uh, it's like nothing's gone her way. You know, from losing her family to the unfortunate right. marriage last season, uh, it's like nothing has gone her way. Um, you know, we, we might've seen glimpses with, with her kind of, kind of cracking Theon shell. Um, but, or, or I, what was his name? Reek that they called him. Um, yeah. yeah, Like Reek Reek shell, I should say. I should say you saw, you saw a little bit of Theon starting to come back, you know, from where he was buried. Uh, but I, I want to see, you know, maybe some, some. Some happiness. I know there's barely any of that on this show, but something good for Sansa. That's what I want to see.
1: So, essentially, what I'm taking away from that is you want to see Sansa kill Ramsay? That would be great. <laughs> I,
0: I would love to see... You know what? It doesn't have to be Sansa. I want somebody to kill Ramsay. I hate that <laughs> guy. I hate him so much.
2: <laughs> Ramsay is the new Joffrey.
0: He, 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 yep. he's, he's worse than Joffrey. That's. You know it's bad when he's worse than Joffrey, but I don't know. Maybe he's not. I just like, he's just, just everything we've seen him do from the time we were introduced to him when he was torturing the hell out of Theon up until now, it's just been, I I just, it, it blows my mind how sadistic and crazy of a character he is, but but kudos to the actor who plays him because he does it so damn well. <laughs> yeah, um, and then
1: you go and watch Misfits, and that'll totally mess with your mind because he's a good guy on that show. So it's just yeah. Oh
0: man, that would yeah, that would totally mess with my head. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, Sarah, you got anything or no?
1: Um, okay, I sort of want, okay, I. so I love Jon Snow and everything, I'm kind of, I, I just, I, that season five finale was so great for me, because I'm sitting there and watching Jon Snow get killed, and I'm thinking in my mind, like, Julius Caesar, Julius Caesar, like, that's totally what it was, like, a 2 rute, and everything, so I don't want to, like, take away from that death by bringing him back. I know he's coming back, okay? I get it. It's gonna happen, whatever. I kind of wanna see though, instead of even though this is what's gonna happen, but I kinda don't wanna see Milsandra bring him back. Mm -hmm. I kind of want um because Bran is coming back this season and Bran is a warg, if I'm pronouncing that right. Mm -hmm. And I kind of want like Brand to take over Jon Snow's body, <laughs> and for like, like, and to be able to fight and do all the things he's not able to do because of his paralysis. So I think that would be interesting, and that would be a really bizarre way to finally have a Stark reunion um, after all this time of separation between the Stark siblings. And um, I just want to see more of the Night's King. And okay. how that's all happening. So, yeah, I'm more excited about what's going on at the wall right now than any other location, really.
0: Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, I think we're pretty excited, Ori. We won't spoil too much of the trailer for you, uh, but you. Should. Please don't
2: worry. Please.
0: <laughs> are, are, do you think you'll see it before it comes? the tra- the The show hits. Or are you gonna? Are you? Do you try to steer clear of that until the show does come on? It's a it's
2: a trailer for a show that is famous for its spoilers. They can't. They, they wouldn't spo- They wouldn't spoil s- so much as to you know incur the nerd rage of millions. <laughs> it's like they've probably designed the trailer fairly well to not give away too much so yeah i'll probably watch it
0: yeah it's 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 really good really really good and like sarah said the music set to it is just really well well placed and um yeah it definitely gets you excited for next month um all right so moving on uh you know we mentioned a show a little while ago a little show called the walking dead um they had a pretty interesting episode this past week um you know, we have uh, Maggie uh, and um, Carol being taken hostage by Negan's people, which I thought it was really interesting. That Negan's people all refer to themselves as Negan. I thought that was interesting, even though we all know Jeffrey Dean Morgan has been cast as Negan. Um, I thought that was a very uh, interesting st- stance they took. They all took. Um, Sarah, what did you think of um, of Paula's character and how um, she almost kind of in you know, they. I remember they talked a little bit about this on on Talking Dead. Following uh, Walking Dead was her character and Carol's character kind of. Um, they could see each, see each other in themselves, uh, you know, and and you know they've obviously taken different paths. But what did you think of that whole dynamic that played out throughout the whole episode?
1: Well, that dynamic itself was a lot different than what we would have expected going into that episode, considering the role Carol took. Like, she she was holding on to the beads and acting like she believed in religion and then that her faith allowed her to survive for so long when well, we know Carol to be a complete badass and to be more in the vein of Paula. But, and, and see, this is why I love Carol so much because she get, finds herself in these situations with new people, and she just adapts and plays the role that she believes will allow her to survive. And so that's what she did. So I thought it was a very interesting dynamic. And Carol was able to then latch on to these ideas about Paula's relationship with the guy, right? Because there was Mm -hmm. some kind of domestic abuse going on there, right? Yeah,
0: they, they kind of... They kinda of hint at it. Well, he does like well he, the guy smacks her and Right. The, but then they, they do kinda of hint that hint that, you know, he is that way and um and then, you know, obviously there's the parallels there with what Carol used to go to back, right. you know, back in season one.
1: Right. Exactly. So um, Ori, do you watch uh, The
0: Walking Dead?
2: I do. Actually that <laughs> last episode really was I the only person who got flashbacks to Hans Gerber and Die Hard?
0: uh yeah
1: i, I... you know yeah, they're on <laughs> you're the only when, one when, when hans Gruber, you're <laughs> all alone gruber... on that one <laughs> when,
2: when john mcclain finds hans gruber on the roof and he pretends to be an american hostage and he's like oh god they're here they're trying to kill me and he like takes them along and oh he, i know what you're talking... was... um, you guys remember that scene
0: yeah are you referring to how carol was acting the whole time
2: like, yeah, when she was pretending to be weak and stuff in order to,
0: to, get, yeah, to, I know to, to manipulate about. them okay.
2: into letting – well, not exactly letting her go, but just not taking her as seriously as they ought to um, and, and turning that to her advantage.
0: No, no. I, I, I get what you're saying. I totally get what you're saying now. Um, I didn't think that, but actually it's a good analogy to use for that scene because that whole time when they're there – and Carol is acting weak. I mean, I totally thought it was an act. I'm like, this isn't Carol. Like, this isn't like the badass that we've come to. You know, her character's grown into. Um, but yeah, that's uh, that's that's interesting. Um, what did you think of? What did you think of their dynamic and, and how you know at the end of uh, how it led to you know their 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 scuffle at the end and you know turned out the way it did. <sighs>
2: Like so much of the rest of Walking Dead, I think that they're trying to make the point of um, hubris. It's basically like classic Greek mythology. Um, uh, uh, what was her name? The the, the woman who... Uh, Paula. Paula, thank you. Um, they were so similar in so many ways. So strong and smart and adaptable which was what, uh, what Paula's point was in telling the story about you know how, how she had survived um, the apocalypse and all of that, they had so much in common there that you could really see that if the tables... If, if, if the situation was a little bit different, that they could have made amazing allies, and that was... I mean, that wasn't exactly what Carol was proposing at the end. She was saying, you know, just just turn around, walk away, run. We've come too far. Had it had it been 10 minutes earlier, then it could have been, you know, something a little bit more, more friendly and it would have been, you know, come join us. But at every step, Paula was being stubborn and she was being mistrusting and she was being all of these things that are natural results of living through the zombie apocalypse um, that she couldn't – let go of her own pride she couldn't see a dangerous situation like she was being stubborn as hell even when carol was training a gun on her and she was like i i am definitely going to kill you in about 10 seconds um and she still wouldn't do the smart thing and run and it wasn't because she isn't a smart person it was because she was too proud too headstrong to see the advantages and that is the the, the the death warrant for almost everybody on the show. It's when they get cocky. It's when people take risks that they shouldn't. It's when they get too comfortable. It's when they trust somebody they shouldn't, or it's when they don't trust somebody they should. Um, and I think that that played out really nicely in, in this episode. And I particularly liked how we got so much of Paula in this episode when she was an unknown one episode before um, that... It was it was this lovely little case study of what can happen to a person in extreme circumstances, how their strengths and their weaknesses will play against each other when all of this potential comes out, but also all of this mistrust and all of these negative uh, aspects of a person's character. All of the extremes come out in extreme situations. and sometimes one will just outweigh the other and you end up zombie food.
0: You know, you bring up a good point about how uh, it basically uh, is a character's death sentence when they go outside their comfort zone. Um, could you say that maybe it's time for Maggie to pull things back? Um, because, you know, she's still going out with the team. She's still trying to be helpful in, in any way she can. But she's – it's. I almost feel like at times she's almost forgets she's pregnant because she goes oh. – and does things she should not be doing, and I think that's one of the reasons that Carol kept bugging her at the end of the episode prior to them getting caught. Um, because no, no,
2: she's she's, she's so totally hard. being reckless, and um, that was the point. <laughs> that was the point in the ep- in in the last episode where um, where Carol just snapped was when Maggie got her shirt slashed, and that was like way too yeah. close. Yeah. And she was just like, "Okay, this is happening. We're not playing games anymore. You very nearly." you know hurt the baby and that is unacceptable so carol is carrying that burden for maggie and i think that maggie is probably going to wake up at some point and realize that she has a responsibility uh beyond just herself or what she thinks is the responsibility of the group when everybody is just telling her to be safe stay home don't take these risks because because she has more to think about now
0: it's a good point um now to speak even more about the you know going outside your comfort zone um you know just getting back to this these you know this show as a whole and what they've done the last couple episodes you know attacking Negan's group and going to the compound which who knows if that's just one of 5 or 10 that they have you know held up um Sarah what do you think of the team and and Rick's reaction to just go after him as opposed to uh in the past they didn't they didn't exactly do that that's not something they they just went out and did it was very you know it was similar to what Matt, like where was talking about with Maggie, just reckless. It, it, what do you think of, of Rick's decision and, and ultimately how it could lead to some very, very bad things with Negan?
1: The, okay. So the compound episode, first of all, what a great episode. I love that because it was so intense when they were going into the compound and we were following them and opening doors and you weren't really even sure who was on the other side of those doors, and I just... The director with those tracking shots, round of applause for that guy. (laughs) So, but also, I don't really find that Rick is being reckless. I mean, based off of the information, information he's been given about Negan, and what he's been through, I can totally see if I'm ever in this bizarre scenario, like making the same decisions. And they also are making this decision out of a survival need because they needed to make a deal. And this was their only leverage to go take on Negan. So I don't really know if that's reckless or not. I don't think it is.
0: Do you think that what they've done has, do you think what they've done will scare Negan or do you think it'll just infuriate him to the point where, he will retaliate and 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 could what possibly could be a really awful way,
1: like kill Glenn.
0: Well, we know that you know. We, anybody who's read the comic books, spoiler. I think we're supposed to say spoiler spoiler alert before that. Um, oh come on! Well,
1: here's the, thing. Like, here's the thing. I didn't
0: even read the books. Like, well, here's the thing though, Sarah. We we I've had this talk with you many times about how they're going to approach that. Or have you read the comic books? Nope. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so you just totally ruined Ori's life right now because you uh, did
1: I? I mean, we don't know if the writers are actually gonna do that though, because they haven't stuck with yeah, the comic Considering book how the last two
2: seasons mine. have gone. Yeah, considering how the last two seasons have gone, you, you you don't know how close they're sticking to the to the books.
1: Right. And yeah. and Glenn may magically like get out of the way and hide underneath a dumpster.
0: (laughs) Oh God.
1: No, I mean, we might not just see him for a few episodes in season seven. So. Okay. I I
0: had an original theory. Now I'm going to, I'm getting a soapbox for a second here, but Sarah knows what I'm talking about. So I kind of, I no I don't kind of, I wish they would have just let Glenn die. When he was supposed to, when, when he was going to die in that episode at the dumpster. And I say that because I feel, I feel like at that moment, it would have turned things a lot darker for the show and for the characters. Um, and then because, you know, it would have taken everybody by surprise because in the comic books that does what, that is what happens with Glenn. That is Glenn's fate when he meets Negan. Um, you know, he, he kills Glenn, um, but I thought it would have been great if they killed Glenn in that moment, and then when it does come to that scene where Negan would have killed Glenn, he would have killed somebody like, um, oh, his name's escaping me. Um, Morgan. Morgan, thank you. Because I feel like you know, you you take away two big characters right there, and I feel like back to back, it just it just creates like this kind of dark aura for the characters, whereas you know. When Glenn came back, it just felt like, oh, well, I guess he can never die then. Like, everything's okay. Everything's fine. Even though the zombies raided Alexandria, everything's fine. Um, And and so, my theory was I thought story wise, it would have worked if Glenn died because it would have put Maggie in a really bad place. She would have had to cope somehow to get through it. Um, You know, it would have brought on different character dynamics. Um, And then you have Morgan going through his whole, you know, he doesn't kill people. Um, you know, there's other, there's another way he says, uh, and, and, and then being the one that dies in, in that scene with Negan, I thought would have been very powerful, uh, and, and just brought up a, a whole different way, uh, a whole different, like just a whole different dynamic going into the next season. Um, feel free to tell me I'm crazy.
1: No, because I completely agree with you. <laughs> you or- know
0: that Pete. I know. Or, I'm, I'm interested to hear what Ori has to say.
1: Well, I mean, I think
2: I think it's definitely possible. But uh, right now, what they did with Glenn makes Walking Dead a little bit more difficult to uh, take seriously in terms yep. of the stakes. Right. It's like the Marvel movie universe. Nobody's dead for real. We all know that they're invincible. It's like a sitcom. Any conflict that arises is going to be solved in 22 minutes or less and that means that anytime there is there, there are like two ends of the spectrum right on the one hand you have what walking dead is doing now and what you get in the marvel universe and on the other side of the spectrum you've got shows like lost where anyone can die anytime Does it doesn't matter it's you know we've we've been getting to know them and loving them for five seasons and whoops they're gone and it's you know Game of Thrones falls closer to the lost side of things um, than, and 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 Walking Dead is moving further and further towards the these characters are invincible, and I think that that really is a mistake. It, it it's bad storytelling. There's a good, I mean I mean there's only one thing worse I think than killing off a character for no reason at all, and that's bringing them back when they ought to be dead. Mm-hmm. So. Um, I don't know if Glenn at the dumpster was a good enough um, send off to a character that everybody loves, uh, but it probably would have been better than bring him back in the fashion that they did because they were just like, oops, just kidding. Yeah, Phil Coulson is alive. It's okay. <laughs> um, and, 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 and so I think that in order to reclaim their, uh, their credibility, in storytelling something big has to happen Mm -hmm. be it morgan who we've been learning more and more about and honestly i think that morgan because he's a fairly recent addition to the cast um has more of a story to tell than glenn glenn is nice and established and i think that we've dealt with his um with his evolution as a character uh sufficiently i don't know where else he really has to go other than you know being a protective dad etc and that's like walking dead the later years um
1: well we see that with rick right now we do so we have the protective dad we don't need another one
2: <laughs> I, I i agree <laughs> check uh, and that's and that's a problem with any show that is, that is that isn't quite as deadly as this one um where things go on for too long and everybody inevitably gets married and has kids um it just, it's, it's kind of a cliche. But, so, so I, think, I think Glenn is probably in danger um, from a narrative perspective. Um, if that's what happened in the books, then yeah, I think they might go for it. Especially if it comes to um, Negan and establishing him as a truly dangerous foe. Yep. Because again, we've gotten to this point where everybody is so adept At killing zombies, that zombies aren't even much of a threat anymore. At killing humans, so that humans aren't really a threat anymore. Everybody is so incredibly badass. And now we have this guy who is running uh, a group who seem to be crazy and violent and very, very good at their jobs. Yeah, tactile. Um, So he needs to be established as a threat and the best way to do that is to hit us where it hurts and i think glenn is where it hurts most
1: like literally hit us <laughs>
0: <And> that. <laughs> oh, so funny. But, but that that would
2: be good storytelling i think
0: yeah it, it's, yeah it's 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 according to the comic books that's the way it's headed but like you guys said the way the things have gone the last two seasons anything anything's possible um, you know, I think there's there's definitely a contingent of, a contingent of people who would rather it not be. Um, uh, oh, why am I forgetting names? Uh, um, Norman Reedus' character, Daryl. Um, oh,
1: Daryl's I not going anywhere. Uh,
0: people yeah. would people would. Well, I, I think sorry. there's there's shirts that say people riot if Daryl dies. So yeah, if Daryl uh, dies, we riot. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> it's it, it,
1: also a character who I don't. I don't feel like they have done enough service to fully have him like deserve to like kill him off. Like I, I, still think that there's more story to tell with, with him.
0: Yeah. Well, there is. I mean, they. I mean, they did try though when this whole thing with his brother. You know, that was a pretty, pretty good story arc. Yeah. I thought right. But
1: not anything recent.
0: That's true. That's true. Although I'm sure all the. Uh, carol and daryl shippers were going crazy when uh they hugged and embraced a little bit uh, at the end of the episode
1: that is such a weird ship I, yeah, i'm just gonna say that <laughs> <laughs> that's just a weird one
0: yeah i i am not i won't get into it but um i i thought that was interesting how they did slowly tease them together without putting them uh literally together I, um, I don't think they're going to do that. No, I, I You agree. know,
2: some relationships occasionally, every once in a while, are just, like, people being friends. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That can happen. It doesn't happen a lot in TV, but it does happen. People That's are friends best. sometimes.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah Daryl sometimes. and Carol can definitely be that exception to the rule. I, 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 I agree. Um, and it makes for a, fun, for a fun relationship between the two because you can, as, you know, the writers can... can have fun with that kind of storytelling and, and never really put them together. So hopefully they continue to do that. Um, all right. So that was, uh, our little discussion on the walking dead, uh, the last show that, uh, we wanted to talk about, um, and, or if you haven't seen the show, that's okay. If anything, feel free to ask questions because this show really does bring up a lot of questions. Um, the people versus OJ Simpson, uh, which is uh, a very interesting s- show, uh, packed with really, really good performances. Um, I think this, the uh, title says it all, but it's, it's pretty much about uh, the O.J. Simpson case back in I think it was '94, mm-hmm. and um, it was I, I remember how you know how invested people were in this case, and um, and and how it really just it just filtered every it just filtered the air, 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 ah, airwaves like crazy you know this is back before they had you know 24-hour news you know and and or even just you, you've been able to watch court cases for you know all day you know this is way before then it was back when they had to stop what they were doing on all the big networks and and just show this um and it's it's a really intriguing story um sarah what do you think of what you've seen so far and and what it says about media and and perception uh, and racial stereotypes in the (laughs) nineties.
1: I think that this show is just really good. Like it's just the production of it is fantastic. I'm surprised at all of the different themes and issues that they are able to bring up seamlessly with just this one case and I I was really young in the 90s, so I'm not even sure what really happened back then, so I wasn't aware. So coming in as a viewer now, having so many decades go by, I'm like, oh, okay, now I'm understanding more about what was going on and why this really was such a big deal outside of the fact that he's a celebrity and two people died like I understand more of the attention that it got back then because of all the race issues that it hit, and then even some um, sexism issues that it hit if you're talking in relationship to Marsha's character, who, Marsha, 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 like, one of the more, I love that episode title. And going back to just the overall production of it, it's such a well-written show because every episode starts with, like, a thesis statement about what this episode is going to talk about. And then they wrap it up and they're able to follow one narrative of one character, or maybe stretch that same theme across two or three characters and fully just build it out. So these are like standalone episodes at the same time fitting together in this overall narrative structure, which is very similar to what how to um, making a murderer did on Netflix But making a murderer, it was a documentary. We all we understood. So there was, there was a part of it that I think this show, um, the People versus OJ, does a lot better because it's very much more engaging because we know it's a fictitious version of the events. At the same time, it just it feels more. um, I don't know where I'm going with this. Pete says something. (laughs) I don't care no I, um, you like uh, you like go silent mode for so long and that's just me talking and I don't know No, whatever. no it sounded all interesting what you were saying
0: um or you know um were you aware of the were, were you did this kind of news hit the UK back when you were young in the 90s did, did you guys get wind of all this the trial yeah yes I mean I mean I obviously in America here it was is it very much like I mean that was like the story on every front page, on every six, six o'clock news, and everything. I mean that was the top story. How was it how was this perceived over in the UK and, and back then?
2: Um I I was fairly young. Oh, okay. So to, to try to gauge the public response to it, I think like most things um, that is sensational in the States, it's looked at from a fairly critical eye. Uh, trying to understand a why people care so much about this rather than any other murder trial mm-hmm. and be, you know, how I, th- I think that uh, what hit people most and probably here as well was the sensationalism around it. Mm-hmm. The fact that everybody was watching every night to hear the fact that it was all televised. I, I think you're absolutely right that a televised trial at that time was really a surprising thing um and very unusual and and a lot of pundits were saying you know oh, this is the downfall of our society etc uh beyond that i'm afraid i can't provide all that much insight to how people reacted the first time around other than i will say that uh, one of my old law professors who i am friends with on facebook don't judge me um <laughs> commented, well, as, as somebody asked him on Facebook, was like, um, so what are you thinking of The People versus OJ? And he's like, I'm not watching it. I, I caught it the first time around. <laughs> I lived through it the first time around. So clearly this is something that people really, really remember um, yeah, and it, made a huge impact.
0: Yeah, it, it, it's one of those things where I think in time people say, where were you at <clears throat> this specific moment? Um, I, I was a... I was a teenager when this all happened. And I remember uh, when the verdict came down, my teacher stopped class and turned the TV on so we could all watch the verdict. Um, I mean, that's how, that's how crazy it it was. And like you guys were saying, sensationalized. I mean, it really was. Um, But I mean, it was just kind of just, it was just really bizarre. Um, You know, I, there's, ESPN did a really good documentary on on this um, without, without getting into the people um, that were attached to it. And, and it was actually more about the Bronco Chase. Um, I, 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 I want to say that just the title of it is, is – um, oh, I, I apologize. I can't remember what the title is, but it's a 30 for 30 documentary. And what it does is it shows the Bronco Chase as it was happening – but there were so many other things going on and i think uh it did a really nice job of of showing how something like this just overtook our lives um because back at at that same time when that was happening you had um one of the nba finals is going on um arnold palmer was playing in his last uh, uh golf tournament uh you had the new york rangers in hockey winning uh the stanley cup uh so there was a lot of things going on in sports but a lot of these things were almost pushed to the back that would normally not happen because of how crazy uh, of an event this was. Um, you know, it's it's funny watching everything take place the way they portray it with the Bronco chase and 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 you know bringing him in and just the pictures he took. I mean, I remember all that stuff, so it's kind of just it's kind of just it's crazy for me to watch from that standpoint of of it being you know fictionalized on TV and then. Not, I mean I personally didn't go through it but I remember watching all the footage and, and seeing the pictures of OJ Simpson I remember watching the trial with my parents um, and it was just it's, it was such a, just a really really bizarre time and then and then um, Fox did a really really bad thing. Uh, it was in the middle of the trial the trial you know the trial wasn't even over and they already had released um, a movie based on what happened. And it was so bad. I I still remember it. I don't know if that's good or bad, but I remember this movie. And and they hired a bunch of unknown actors. Um, I actually did go on IMDb to see if there was somebody of name recognition that I did I did notice. And and actually, um, Terrence Howard had a small part in in the movie. But for the most part, it was a bunch of no no names that nobody knows and and probably never heard from again. But but they capitalized on the situation by by retelling or or trying to retell um, the mur- the how the murders went down and i remember even the final shot there was a there was uh there was something that said you know the trial still going on it was just so it was so bad but it was just a good example of how people try to capitalize in any fashion on what happened but but just getting back to the show um, I, I'm enjoying it a lot. Like I said, I, I, I remember everything happening. So a lot of the stuff is very familiar familiar to me. Um, but I, I, I got to say that my favorite standout performances in this show have to be Sarah Paulson as Marsha Clark uh, and um, David Schwimmer as uh, Robert Kardashian. Um, very strong performances. Uh, everyone else is great uh, in this show. But to me, those stand out. Uh, the most, um, Sarah, uh, what stands out? What performances stand out to you in this show?
1: Uh, Sarah Paulson, of course. And then, uh, I don't know the actor's name though, who plays her co-counsel, oh, but
0: who plays Christopher Darden.
1: Yeah. Um... I actually don't think that David Schwimmer is doing that great of a job actually.
0: Well, I'll say this in the first few episodes he was, I thought, um, I, I, and I don't know. Maybe it's because I thought it was interesting how um, they really show his relationship with with OJ. Like, mm-hmm. if you like, I remember thinking when I think back to when this all happened, you didn't really see him a whole lot. I think he did a couple of press conferences. He he was the one, just like in the show, he read the suicide letter. But you didn't hear much about his name. The person he heard more about was. um um al cowlings which who is the guy who drove him in the bronco okay. uh, yeah that that's what i remember i remember his name way more than than anyone else uh that was close to him at that time um but i thought that was um it essentially it's actually uh, malcolm jamal warner is playing playing that role which i he looks totally different he's definitely not theo huxtable anymore um but uh uh what do you think of I mean obviously we, we know what happens with with uh with the verdict and how everything goes down. What do you I mean what are you expecting the rest of the way So Are you just kind of just sitting back and enjoying the ride or is there anything else you're looking forward to?
1: I'm enjoying it because I didn't see it the first time. <laughs> Cuz I was, I was only 4. <laughs> so I'm like, "Oh, okay."
0: <laughs> yeah. I I mean um you know, like I said, we wanted to touch on this real quick because it's something that's that's grabbed our attention. Um, you know, whether you were, you know, old enough to remember what happened um, or not, I mean, it's just something that it it, it just, I, I watch it and I just think this is kind of, I mean, it's not exactly the whole launching pad for, for news and, and court drama that we see so, you know, showcased now. But it's certainly one of the, uh, it's certainly one of the things that help propel Cable television and just television in general, in that uh, particular direction. So, uh, but beyond that, I, I'm really, I'm really enjoying the show. I, I find the performances to be really, really good. Um, and whether, I mean, obviously, all this stuff we're seeing behind the scenes, so to speak, is fictionalized. You know, whether it's true or not, it's really interesting storytelling and good storytelling. Um, and yeah, I'm, you know, like I said, we we know where it's going to go from here. Uh, but it is going to be interesting to see how they portray it on the show. Um, and and they're doing it and uh, dropping some F-bombs along the way, which I guess <laughs> they saved up for, for this show in particular. <clears throat> um, just a couple other things I want to talk to you guys about. Um, you know, in one week, we get uh, Batman versus Superman. Uh, Ori, are, are yes. you uh, who, who are you taking in that fight?
2: <laughs> um I'm apparently completely alone in thinking that this is a no-brainer for Superman.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, it's... it's.
2: He's freaking Superman.
0: <laughs> he is.
2: He is literally Superman. I don't know how, how much clearer I can be about this. Um, one of them is a superhero and the other guy is a guy in a rubber, rubber suit. There's...
1: Shade. 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 I'm... Shots fired. I'm sorry,
2: like, that can't even that can't even be very helpful for mobility. Like, I respect, you know... <laughs> he
1: decent... can't hurt his neck.
2: <laughs> no, he can't do very much, and most of the time he just spends applying eye makeup. It's not even a competition. I don't understand how they can write a movie about this. It's like, I'm Batman. Uh, I'm Superman. You're not Batman anymore. You're a pile of rubble because I have laser eyes, super strength, and invincibility. And if any of that is in any way counteracted by your batarang, I'll just fly away. Because I can fly, too. Did I mention I can fly? I can fly.
0: Oh. Like, I
2: don't get how this is a conversation. I mean, yeah, it's 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 very cool that we're going to get a little bit of, uh, of Wonder Woman in there. And honestly, like, when they released the trailer and uh, and suddenly there was Spider-Man in there as well, I was like, oh, this could actually be really cool. Um, and... <laughs> but still, I mean, the movie is called... Batman versus Superman. That can't be anything like go ahead, guys at DC, surprise me.
0: <laughs> um Were you gonna say the...
1: No. Did you just say that Spider Man was gonna be in it? Like, I'm, I'm no, thinking... no, no,
2: no, no. I'm sorry, yeah, I'm yeah. sorry. I'm thinking <laughs> of Civil War trailer. I'm
0: thinking yeah. of... we don't even yeah. have Spider Man.
1: It's Sorry, I'm straight up
0: Civil War. A few I, I got people that movies. listen to us at DC are like, "What is, What is this guy talking about? What, <laughs> ha- we have Spider Man. When did this happen?"
1: <laughs> I'm like, "Nope, wrong trailer. I know they're confusing. Uh, <laughs> Marvel, I'm thinking, DC, separate." I'm
2: thinking of the good old days when they used to do things together, but uh, but no, yes. Sorry about that.
0: No, that's cool. I love that. That's really really cool. Um, <laughs> Sarah, are you are you Team Batman or Team Superman?
1: Well, okay. Oh, you know, we, I know
2: so... I'm alone
1: here. <laughs> like, well, actually, like no. See, <laughs> my whole alone point is like, well, we know they're they're going to get to be friends. Like it's Dawn of Justice at the end of that title. So, something else America. is going to happen. Another league, another partnership. So, really I don't I don't I don't there's not going to be much of a fight in my opinion. So, and that's just because of how the story is going to get structured. So, really, if you're going to place your bets on anybody, let's just place it on Wonder Woman. Okay, first of I'm all, I'm with you
2: there. I, <laughs> I wish we could take we could take the two you know random beefcakes out of this and have a strong female protagonist for once. That would be nice,
1: right? And- I would also argue that Superman probably spends a little time doing his eye makeup too these days, <laughs> or at least his hair. I mean, he's got to gel it up. <laughs>
0: these days. You know, one, just... one of the funniest memes I saw on on Twitter after uh, they released the uh, trailer featuring all three of them in the same shot. Uh, you know, Wonder Woman was like, you know, the leading the leading person in that shot Mm -hmm. you know someone put batman v superman question mark more like wonder woman and her bitches and i was like that has to be one of the funniest things i've ever seen because it's it almost looks like that
2: (laughs) okay here's the here's the movie i want to see um batman and superman in the first 10 minutes meet each other bicker for a bit punch each other get captured by an actual good villain spend the entire movie squabbling in a cell in a basement somewhere and the rest of the movie is about how badass Wonder Woman is and goes and saves them. That's the movie I want to see. Just like (laughs) Wonder Woman being incredible with occasional cuts to these two guys just like yelling at each other through some bars like really bad puns. I'd go for that.
0: See,
1: I mean, I mean, you had me until you said good villain and then I'm like, oh, you're probably going to get disappointed. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> seeing as how villains are typically in these wow. kind of movies
2: do we do we have a main major oh. villain has that been revealed did i miss Max that
1: Luthor. Luthor
2: oh oh god jesse eisenberg yeah. what a choice. you see jesse eisenberg makes so little of an impression in me that i forgot he was in it
1: well i mean social network come on yeah. great movie great movie god don't say anything <laughs> bad about social network
2: i'm a let's huge aaron sorkin there. i'm a huge aaron sorkin fan social network did not do it for me
1: okay <laughs> awkward <laughs> awkward silence
0: <laughs> um so you're definitely looking forward to the wonder woman, wonder woman movie then coming out next year yes let's have that let's skip this one <laughs>
1: have to agree with that no but we get... <laughs> you know, justice league is gonna happen why does it have to dawn like let's just skip to the actual justice league you know
0: oh that's funny um
2: it is right. it is getting a little tiresome that we constantly have origin <laughs> has... stories and more origin stories and we're not right. allowed to ever see anybody ever grow up like it was a good it was a good thing that captain america was a good movie because if it if it hadn't been quite exactly what it was it would have been just a huge letdown and probably would have killed the entire franchise because we can't keep having this it's th- there's this obsession with always showing how these things begin and as if anybody doesn't know who batman is or who doesn't know who superman is and we always need to see the very beginnings of you know how they became who they are can't we just accept that they they exist in the comic book universe and we can just enjoy a good story with them already in you know how the, e- exactly the thing that people who read the comic books enjoy well i mean that's what we like we like the continuing stories we don't need to get the same damn story over and over again so if we want a justice league movie just make it
0: <laughs> well we kind of are getting like a seasoned batman like he's like old like he's He's gone through uh, deaths. He's gone through villains. So I mean, I mean, we kind of are getting that. Like we're not getting a, a Batman origin story in that sense. So and you know that we is... are in that sense we are jumping into like a story where Batman already is, and we don't need to see who he is because we already know what he is. So, yeah.
1: Is um, oh god, man, I'm blanking on it. I'm blanking on the next Suicide Squad. Is that a prequel? this movie
0: they haven't they haven't confirmed the timeline for suicide squad yet um so i i'm not sure um that right now it's not it's not like i said it's not clear as to whether it takes place before donna justice or even man of steel or if it's even after donna justice and pre-jla we're not it hasn't been confirmed and 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 and
1: that you want to you want to hear like a really crazy theory okay about that And how these two movies are connected. Okay, sure, go ahead. Okay, so we've seen in the trailers for Batman v Superman that one of the Robins is dead and was murdered by the Joker. So theoretically, this could happen in which Suicide Squad is actually before Batman v Superman and Scott Eastwood's character. Who we don't really know anything about. Barely see him in the trailers. But he also is supposed to be somebody. But nothing's been released on who exactly he is. He could be the Robin that is dead in Batman v Superman. So we see his death occur in the Suicide Squad trailer. Or uh, movie. And he's an undercover in Argus. And that's how the Joker gets a hold of him, and he dies during that operation. And that's how the two movies are connected connected.
0: Interesting theory. That's an interesting theory. Yeah. Huh. Okay. Well, I mean, I mean, everyone's talking about how how the that could even happen with, um, you know, the death of Robin and how they're going to even portray it. Are they going to it from the comic books? It would be cool if they did that, honestly, because I think everyone, well, at least most comic book. People know how Jason Todd died in the brutal way he did at the hands mm-hmm. Joker, and be that would be interesting to watch on screen. To watch them adapt that would be that could certainly send a movie to an R rating. That's for sure. Um, yeah. All right, so wrapping this thing up uh, real quickly. Has anybody watched Daredevil that dropped today? Um, Ori, have you have you been able to catch uh, the Man from Hell's Kitchen? I don't know.
2: <laughs> i'm about halfway through the first season i haven't really been up on it though um if i look out my window i can just about see hell's kitchen so that's pretty cool
0: <laughs> nice See so you right there you don't even need yeah, to yeah. watch a show you might see punisher walking around yeah um. i just, just,
2: just sit there and watch yeah i actually Actually, I live just off the road from a community center for the blind, so I'm always very suspicious.
0: <laughs> there you go. Um, and Sarah, uh, real quickly, uh, talk about, uh, just tell us how far you're in, and then um, tell us about uh, another little podcast you'll be doing.
1: Um, so I have two more episodes of the second season, and then, so, yeah, I finished it. Don't judge me. Wow. Yeah, well, it was all because um, tomorrow I'm going to be joined by Jonathan Reyes and Everett Harn from GWW. And we're going to launch the next like season, I guess, of Netflix crew because we wrapped Jessica Jones. Now we're going to break down every episode of Daredevil season two. Yeah,
0: that should be a lot of fun.
1: And I'll have to say, like, between Punisher and Elektra, it's a toss up as to who really steals this season because they're both really good
0: i've only seen the first two episodes and i just think that the the first two fight scenes between punisher and daredevil are amazing so i'm just Mm -hmm. gonna say that um all right so that is gonna do it for our show today uh ori thank you for coming on talking geek with us and telling us all about dragon fruit
2: oh my absolute pleasure thank you for having me
0: uh and again let everyone know where they can find you and tell them one more time where they can find your site
2: Alrighty, so we are at
0: dragonfruitapp.com
2: and you will find us in the uh, App Store and on Google Play probably this week. Uh, and you will find us on Twitter at Proj, P R O J Dragonfruit, and at Facebook at Project Dragonfruit, and on any other social network. Please come check us out. Let us know what you think. Um, and if you don't like it, email me and yell. Uh, and I'll fix it. (laughs) But uh, if you do like it, then uh, tell your friends and let us know. Um, Because the best way to grow this kind of thing and the best way to make it as good as possible is for as many people as possible to know about it um, so that there are more users and it's more effective for everybody involved. And that is the only way it works is by telling your friends. So go forth, do that. Thank you.
0: (laughs) And I I wanted to say one thing about uh, your site on the main page uh i don't know who who in your marketing team did it but uh you're more than a you're more than a left or right swipe i thought that's a great line by the way i just (laughs) wanted to say that um all right sarah tell everyone where they can find you
1: you can find me on twitter and tumblr at sj belmont s-j-b-e-l-m-o-n-t
0: and you can find me at Pacing Pete on Twitter. You can find us at Cena Nerd. You can find us on iTunes, Facebook, at the GWW.com for all articles, um, podcast. podcasts, and all that good stuff. Oh, and one more quick note. Um, if you listen to this uh, – happen to be listening to this podcast this weekend and you're in the Bay Area, me and Matt, who's
2: not Matt? here today.
0: <laughs> Matt? Who? One never of our heard other of that co-hosts. guy um we're gonna be at silicon valley comic-con this weekend um hanging out you know getting interviews and uh just getting some good coverage on the con it should be a good time it's our first ever silicon valley comic-con so uh come say hi we're gonna be snapchatting and periscoping and uh promoting it as much as we can and uh trying to give you guys a glimpse of what's going on down there because it show it because it should be a fun time All right, so that is going to do it for our show. Uh, We hope you enjoyed it. Um, Like Ori said, go check out uh, Dragon Fruit. Sounds really, really cool. And um, you have a DVR and streaming capabilities. Use them.